بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful all praise is due to Allah and may Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam be upon his noble prophet his household and the noble companions and those who follow on their path until the day of resurrection we continue the explanation of surah yasin and we have reached verse number 69 qala allah ta'ala wa ma 'allamnahu ash-shi'ra wa ma yanbaghi lahu in huwa illa dhikrun wa qur'anun mubin and we have not taught him poetry nor is it meet for him meaning it's not fit for him this is only a reminder and a plain quran wa ma 'allamnahu meaning we didn't teach him poetry because had allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him poetry this would have been a plea for the mushriks those who belied the message and they would say this Quran is only part of poetry which he had been taught <coughs> and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not teach him poetry not even that not only that but also writing as Allah stated subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-ankabut in surah al-ankabut in Surah 29 verse 48 Neither did you read any book before it nor did you write any book whatsoever with your right hand in that case, indeed, the followers of falsehood might have doubted. And remember this verse. In your stand to refute the beliers who cast doubt about the Prophet's message, even in our time, remember this great proof. Neither did you read any book before it, this Quran, nor did you write any book whatsoever with your hand, with your right hand. In that case, indeed, the followers of falsehood might have doubted because they would have thought they have an excuse and a plea <coughs> so he never said this known uh, classical poetry and if it happened that <coughs> there was some kind of measured uh, statements close to the composition of poetry on his tongue it wasn't something intentional rather it came spontaneously and the thing which comes spontaneously <coughs> is not intended. Like, for example, when the Prophet ﷺ said, "Ana nabiyyu la kadhib, ana ibn Abdul Muttalib." Listen to that. It may sound like this is fully composed poetry. "Ana nabiyyu la kadhib, ana ibn Abdul Muttalib." I am the Prophet. 
it is no lie. I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. This is a measured, this is metered. But it is not, it is not intentional. So therefore it is not considered poetry in the classical sense. However, that which is composed and rhymed, which takes the feeling <coughs> and overwhelms the person, then that is poetry. That's why you see that <coughs> the rhymed poetry affects more than the prose, affects more than the prose. And remember, it is called a share because it it takes the feeling it overwhelms the feeling you may sometimes for example uh, hear a sermon very very profound and you can also find an equivalent of its meaning given in a rhymed way and you will, feel the, you will feel the influence in the rhymed way closer to your feeling and that's why it is called sha'r and by this we know that the thing which is called a sha'r al-manthur, the prose is not really poetry because it does not take over the feelings Actually, it's all, it's nothing. <clears throat> so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "وَمَا عَلَّمْنَاهُ الشَّعْرَ." Neither did we did did we teach him the poetry. You see, those who belie and who intend to stand against any person then they will ascribe defects to his sayings so that they can turn people away from him but as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asserted in Surah At-Tawbah in chapter 9 verse 32 yuriduna an yutfi'u nurallahi bi'afwahihim wa ya'daallahu illa an yutimma nurah They want to extinguish Allah's light with their mouths, but Allah will not allow except that His light should be perfected, even though the disbelievers hate it. وَقَالَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى فِي سُورَةِ الْذَارِيَاتِ in chapter fifty-one and verse fifty-two. كَذَلِكَ مَا أَتَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا قَالُوا سَاحِرٌ أَوْ مَجْنُونٌ Likewise, no messenger came to those before them, but they said, a sorcerer or a madman. Have they, the people of the past, transmitted this saying to these, to the Quraysh pagans? Nay, they are themselves a people of transgressing, transgressing beyond bounds. And we say nowadays, don't they come and say, the messenger is a liar, 
a madman. Have they, the people of the past of Quraysh, transmitted this saying to the contemporaries of our times? All the messengers, all the messengers, were described by their enemies, by these two descriptions or labels. Sorcery and madness. Sorcery and madness. And Muhammad was also insulted by these names and was described by these qualities. He's a sorcerer, he was called a, a, a poet, a majnoon, madman. Uh, liar monk so that they turn people away from him or soothsayer rather so that they can turn people away from him but did that really happen? no because the truth and all praise is due to Allah will prevail no matter what shocks it may encounter and difficulties it may encounter the outcome is for the truth now if someone says this description that the Belayers imputed upon the Prophet does it also transcend to his followers the answer is yes Don't you contemplate concerning the disbelievers when they will see the believers as in Surah Al-Mutaffifin verse 32 what they will say in 83 chapter 83 verse 32 Verily these have indeed gone astray so describe them by being on misguidance and in our times they describe the believers as reactionary and the like to turn people away from them and the people of bid'ah the people of bid'ah of innovations describe Ahlul Sunnah by bad words saying these are mushabbiha these are those who liken Allah to his creation because Ahlul Sunnah affirm to Allah what Allah affirms to himself from the names and attributes and the like only the only thing is to turn people away from them walakin alhamdulillah all praise is due to Allah the thing will be a reward in the hereafter a reward And this is a trial for the believers concerning their patience. And the outcome and the reward will be theirs. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said 
in this verse وَمَا يَنْبَغِي لَهُ وَمَا يَنْبَغِي Back to our verse And we have not taught him poetry nor is it meet for him وَمَا يَنْبَغِي مَا يَنْبَغِي لَهُ This is a matter difficult for him to compose and difficult for him to recite He saw Asallam, if he, when he used to recite others' poetry, he would recite them sometimes uh, not in accordance with the way of their measures, the known one, because he did not have interest in poetry. And as to reciting that or uh, chanting it or any, in, any, in any manner, he didn't do that. Nor did he sing the poetry. So, وَمَا يَنْبَغِيلَ It is not befitting, it is not possible for him, and does not meet for him. And this is absolute impossible. This term, وَمَا يَنْبَغِي is absolute impossibility. As, as, contemplate the verse, as in Surah Maryam 1992, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا يَنْبَغِي لِلرَّحْمَانِ أَنْ يَتَّخِذَ وَلَدًا وَمَا يَنْبَغِي لِلرَّحْمَانِ أَنْ يَتَّخِذَ It's not suitable for the majesty of the most beneficent that he should beget a son. This term, not suitable, not possible, it's absolutely impossible. And also this is the like saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the sun and the moon. As in 36.40 in Surah Yasin, which we are discussing. لَلشَّمْسُ يَنْبَغِي لَهَا أَنْ تُدْرِكَ الْقَمَرِ لَلشَّمْسُ يَنْبَغِي لَهَا أَنْ تُدْرِكَ الْقَمَرِ It is not for the sun to overtake the moon nor does the night outstrip the day This is impossible. So, وَمَا يَنْبَغِي لَهُ It's not meet for him, it's not suitable for him, it is not possible, it's not fitting for him to be a poet. So, it cannot be. And it's impossible for him to go, to learn, to know the, 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 uh, the, uh, the composition of it, composing it, or learning it. Because, his learning of poetry would entail a plea, an excuse for those deniers, as we stated earlier. 
in Surah Al-Ankabut 29 as we mentioned uh, when we refer to the verse in Surah Al-Ankabut وَمَا كُنْتَ تَتْلُو مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَلَا تَخُطُّهُ بِيَمِينِكِ إِذَنْ لَرْتَابَ الْمُبْطِلُونَ إِذَنْ لَرْتَابَ الْمُبْطِلُونَ Neither did you read any book before it, the Quran, nor did you write any book whatsoever with your right hand. In that case, indeed, the followers of falsehood might have doubted. So, otherwise they would have said, this Quran is poetry, which he learned. Question, why did the Arabs, the ignorant ones, then, the people of ignorance, of Jahiliyyah, of Quraysh. Why did they ascribe poetry to the Qur'an? Yet there is a clear difference between poetry and prose. Even to their common people, this is known. Not to mention their specialists. The answer is, people of deception work deception using everything possible. So they used to resort to these kind of claims and propaganda and so forth and so that they hope that things will turn for their own benefit and turn people away. They know well that this is not poetry. But they say, they may say this is poetry of a new style and the like in order to spread their doubts and, and the matter becomes doubtful to the common so this is a strategy and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala furthermore now in, uh, in the same verse said in huwa illa dhikrun wa quranun mubin back to our verse <coughs> we're discussing إن هو إلا ذكر وقرآن مبين. and this is only a ذكر a reminder and a plain Quran ذكر meaning we only taught him a reminder and a plain Quran. And this is, this dhikr, this dhikr means, number one, an admonition. The term dhikr here means an admonition. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Qaf, chapter 50, verse 37, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ أو ألقى السمع وهو شهيد Verily therein is indeed a reminder for him who has a heart or gives ear while he is heedful So he gets admonished by that This, this is in, in relation of ability and acceptance 
In other verses in the Quran, it is mentioned that the pious, the muttaqeen, are benefit or benefit from this reminder and take heed. So therefore, in this respect, it would be referring for those who benefit in terms of practice. So we have in this reminder, therefore, we have two things. From the angle of preparedness and acceptance and from the angle of linking the Quran to Iman and to practice turning this into influence on one's behavior and deeds and actions the more the person acts according to the Quran then the more he will be remembering it and benefiting of it and it will be a reminder for him so therefore the Quran is a remembrance not only an admonition it reminds of Allah and it is the best of remembrances because the Quran is the Kalamullah Azza wa Jal, the word of Allah, the most mighty, the most magnificent. The moment you recite it and you feel that this is the word of Allah, then you will remember his greatness and his magnificence and his might. And also it is a remembrance because the Qur'an comprises the information, the news, and it is the most truthful news and most beneficial to the hearts. And because it comprises the narrations, the qasas, which are the best and most beautiful and most perfect. And also because it comprises the rulings from the one who is all wise, all acquainted with all things. And they are the most just of rulings and most beneficial to man and his, and his life. And because it, all, because it comprises the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and his names, which are the most perfect and best. All of this is remembrance. All of this is remembrance. فَالْقُرْآنُ نَفْسُ ذِكْرٌ لِلَّهِ So now the conclusion, the Qur'an itself is a remembrance of Allah. Because it comprises all these meanings. And here is a point of benefit here, that we need to emphasize. Because the Qur'an comprises these matters comprises the knowledge of Allah about Allah His names and attributes and therefore who is He? and, is, 
and since it comprises the news of the past and of the future and since it and since it's it also comprises the rulings which are most perfect these should be taken as proofs when we discuss and when we try to guide and direct people to the truth that the Quran is the word of Allah the third meaning as to it being a reminder that it is an honor an honor and high degree for those who establish the Quran in their lives because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Zukhruf 43-44 وَإِنَّهُ لَذِكْرٌ لَكَ وَلِقَوْمِكَ وَسَوْفَ تُسْأَلُونَ And verily this Qur'an is indeed a reminder for you and your people. And your people. So, he added the people to him, to the Prophet ﷺ. And then, this reminder, here means an honor in this verse. An honor and a rank. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Sharh, 94-4 وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ And raise high your fame And there is no doubt that the one who holds to the Quran then he will attain the honor and authority <coughs> our Shaykh Rahimahullah when he reached this point discussing this point about the honor he said وَلِهَذَا فَإِنِّي أَحُثُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ أَن تَمَسَّكُوا بِهَذَا الْقُرْآنِ الْعَظِيمِ and that's why I incite you to hold firm to this magnificent Qur'an. وَإِذَا تَمَسَّكْتُمْ بِهِ عَقِيدَةً وَعَمَلًا وَهَدْيًا فَسَتَكُونُ الْعَاقِبَةُ لَكُمْ And if you hold to it in creed and in action, and in guidance that it will the outcome will be yours the good outcome will be yours وَلَا تَظُنُّ أَنَّكُمْ قَلِيلُونَ and don't think that you are few لَوْ كُنْتُمْ قَلِيلِينَ and even if you فَإِنَّ الْإِهْتِدَاءَ بِالْقُرْآنِ for verily the guidance by the Qur'an يستلزم necessitates أن ينجذب الناس للمهتدي به necessitates that people 
get attracted to the one who is guided by the Quran until they increase gradually like the stone you throw it in the sea and the circle which is the which arises from the impact of the stone throw in the water enlarges until it covers the yam covers the sea so in conclusion if the person holds to this noble Quran then he will attain the honor and authority and prevalence over all creation وَقُرْآنٌ مُبِينٌ Allah stated in this verse, verse 69 at the end وَقُرْآنٌ مُبِينٌ وَقُرْآن The Qur'an is a قَارِئٌ وَمَقْرُؤٌ A compilation and a reciter قَارِئ Because it's derived from القَرْ which means al-jam'u compiling fahuwa jami'un lil-ahkami wal-akhlaqi wal-adabi al-mawjudati fil-kutubi s-sabiqati qablahu because it compiles the rulings and matters related to character and etiquettes which existed in the previous books before the Quran as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in surah al-ma'idah chapter 5 verse 48 وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمُهَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ In Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 48 And we have sent down to you the book in truth, confirming the scripture that came before it, and muhaybinan, trustworthy in highness, and a witness over all the scriptures. Also it is a compilation of all the matters needed for the establishment of this life, and for the hereafter. Also it is recited, maqru, because it is, لِأَنَّهُ matlu recited, yutla, وَالْقِرَاءَ بِمَعْنَ التِّلَاوَةِ And the reading means recitation, takes the meaning of recitation. Mubin itself is clear and itself is make, transcends the meaning to mean that it is also a clarification of things. In addition of it being clear, it is a clarification. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah An-Nahl 16:89 وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ تِبْيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ تِبْيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ
and we have sent down to you this book, the Quran, the book as an exposition of everything. Exposition of everything. Nothing that people need except that it exists in the Quran. However, its existence in the Quran is either, number one, by way of explicity, meaning it's explicitly stated. This is one form of its existence in the Quran. It comes explicit or in apparently understood meaning or by way of indication or by way of indication or by way of comprehensibility or by way of comprehensibility or, and or generalization or by way of implication or by way of implication remember these things please we can repeat them and put them in one two three so explicitly stated or apparent or by way of indication by way of comprehensibility or generalization or by way of implication so what's important is that the Quran is an exposition of everything yes of everything sometimes you will find the evidence for the case Sometimes you will find the evidence for the mas'ala, for the issue, for the case. Other times, it mentions to you the direction for the, for the dalil, the direction for the dalil, for the evidence. For example, there are things which do not exist in the Qur'an. Yet they are from the most important rulings of Islam. Like the number of raka'at in salah, the number of rukus in salah. And the estimation of the ansibatu zakah, the thresholds for zakah. And what is obligated from the zakah and the like. However, there are indications for that in the Quran. There are indications. Like the saying of Allah in Surah Al Hashr 59 7. وَمَا فانتهوا and whatsoever the messenger gives you take it and whatsoever he forbids you abstain from it so this verse therefore directs to what let me ask you this verse directs us to what 
The question is for everyone. Exactly to the Sunnah. This directs us to the Sunnah. And therefore, does this indication comprise the entire Sunnah or not? Does this indication comprise the entire Sunnah or not? The question is there. Yes, because the, pro- the, the indication there is whatsoever the messenger gives you. Now, and our Sharia does not go beyond the book and the Sunnah. So, therefore, the Quran is an exposition of everything. Also, it is an exposition to all what preceded from the news and occurrences, the mention of which is a benefit to us. The mention of which, remember, the mention of which is a benefit to us. Like the stories of the prophets, the narrations also of the awliya, those who are true muttaqeen, pious. Also the stories of those who belied the messengers. So everything which preceded and has a benefit for us is mentioned in the Quran. As to that which is of no benefit, then there was no need of mentioning it in the Quran. Furthermore, some of the things which may may not be mentioned in the Quran may be left for human experiences and human intellect like many of the things regarding nature, whether the geological and and the and the uh, the planet sciences and so forth, we know that the Quran did not detail this to us. We know that the Quran did not detail this to us. Because there isn't much benefit. Its benefit lies in the fact that people seek it and contemplate the signs of Allah in it. As an example of some of these things is the matter which people dispute about concerning the issue of revolution of the movement of the earth this is not explicitly stated in the Quran and had this matter been something 
necessitated for us to know and its knowledge is mandatory by way of conviction either through affirmation or negation then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have made this clear in the Quran as he made clear the things which are must for us to know from the angle of creed he made that explicit so he left these things left for the left it for the people also extracting what's from the earth from minerals and so forth which are of great benefit and which people are coming to know in our times in these latter times were not mentioned in the Qur'an explicitly, although there is indication about it. But it was not mentioned in details. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated only in Surah Al-Ra'd, in chapter Mm -hmm. 13, verse 4, وَفِي الْأَرْضِ قِطَعٌ مُتَجَاوِرَاتٌ And in the earth are neighboring tracts. Qita. You may say millions. If you say even millions, you wouldn't be out of what's indicated in the verse, away from what's indicated from the verse. If, there, if these tracts were not different in terms of their benefits and in their essences and in what's related to them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have mentioned that they are neighboring tracts. So therefore it is indicated that they are different and distinct. So you may say that in this verse there is an indication that Allah is directing us to seek the extraction of minerals from the earth. Not only these tracts that are obvious on the, on, on, on the surface of the earth, on top of the, uh, like the soil and so forth only, they may contain many things in them which we will know or may know in the future. And some may already have been known. 
from these which exist on the surface of the soil or in the soil on top so the Quran therefore is an exposition of everything and if you contemplate the Quran one time after the other every time you repeat you recite and ponder except that something will a new meaning different from the previous meaning you come to realize and no one would be able to fully comprehend by comprehend the entire meanings of the Quran however anyone who seeks to ponder on it and contemplate and seeks the truth then he will be guided to many meanings Ali bin Abi Talib may Allah be pleased with him was asked as in the authentic hadith reported by Al-Bukhari in the book of knowledge هَلْ عَهِدَ إِلَيْكُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِشَيْءٍ هل عندكم كتاب This is the Sahih al-Bukhari volume 1 Hadith 111 Have you got any book Which has been revealed to the Prophet Apart from the Quran Because At that time From that time, even in that time, the Shia were dissipating news deceptively that the Prophet وسلم, assigned the Khilafah to Ali. So one of the companions. Abi Juhayfa said رضي الله تعالى عنه قلت لعلي هل عندكم كتاب I asked Ali have you got any book which has been revealed to the Prophet apart from the Quran and did the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم entrust you with something Ali bin Abi Talib said yani when he said had he entrusted you with anything meaning from the Khilafah for you to be the Khalifa or from knowledge which he the Prophet وسلم, had kept away from people did not tell them about Ali said La by the one who created and split the seed illa kitabullah except the book of Allah and this is what he said and this is the point of evidence 
أو فهم أعطيه رجل مسلم except Allah's book or the power of understanding which has been bestowed by Allah upon a Muslim or what is written in this sheet of paper ah, what's written in this sheet of paper he told him what is written in this sheet of paper قلت فما في هذه الصحيفة قال العقل وفكاك الأسير وَلَا يُقْتَلُ مُسْلِمٌ بِكَافِرٌ I asked, what is written in this sheet of paper? Ali replied, it deals with the dia. Which is the compensation, blood money, paid by the killer to the relatives of the victim. So it's about rulings. The ransom, وَفَكَاكُ الْأَسِيرِ The ransom for the releasing of the captives from the hands of the enemies. وَلَا يُقْتَلُ مُسْلِمٌ بِكَافِرٌ And the law that no Muslim should be killed in qisas equality in punishment for the killing of a disbeliever. From the angle of equality in punishment. No. The point of evidence is when he said إِلَّا فِهْمًا أَوْ فَهْمٌ إِلَّا فِهْمًا أَوْ فَهْمًا يُؤْتِيهِ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ مَنْ شَاءَ مِنْ كِتَابِهِ Or an understanding which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may bestow upon whomever he wishes from his slaves of his book. And this understanding, people differ in it to a great extent. To a great extent. You see some scholars speak about a verse deducting from it so many benefits. And you see other scholars talking about the same verse and deducting only limited benefits from it. This is all in relation to the preparedness of the person and his understanding and insight. And add to that, the more the person increases in his iman and in his taqwa, Allah will guide him to the meanings of the Qur'an and to the guidance of the Qur'an. قال الله تعالى in this respect in Surah Muhammad verse chapter 47 verse 17 وَالَّذِينَ اهْتَدَوْ زَادَهُمْ هُدَى وَآتَاهُمْ تَقْوَاهُمْ The benefits of this verse. Number one, this ayah, this verse is refutation of the mushriks and of their lies who said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a poet second it is not befitting and suitable that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a poet because the rank of prophethood is higher and most noble above this base level Also, it may be also deduced that there is a hint for the believer. Listen to this benefit. In this, there may be a hint, an indication for the believer to keep away 
from matters of doubt. Meaning, the person should stay away from everything which may bring doubt concerning him and his character. Listen carefully to this matter. The status of prophethood, you know, was targeted by him being a status, by him being a poet, meaning a description of poetry compared to prophethood. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it's not suitable because the rank differ. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here refuted that. And therefore this hint may be deduced here that the person should repel and ward off any doubt that may be unjustly imputed upon him. This is supported by a by the incident and the lesson learned from it when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was visited by Safiya she came visiting him in the mosque when he was in his atikaf, in his seclusion, in the latter, in the last ten nights of Ramadan. And she wanted to return home. So the Prophet ﷺ stood up in order to accompany her to her home. And then when they were reached, when they reached the door of the masjid, by the door of Umm Salama, Two of the Ansar, two persons of the Ansar, of the helpers, when they passed by the Prophet ﷺ, and with him was Safiya, they hurried. The Prophet ﷺ said to them, Ala rislikuma, slow down, fainnaha Safiyatu. Because verily, indeed, she is the ween. Who, who is she? Meaning the one walking with him. She is Safiya bintu Huyay. This is a great benefit. Did you understand why the Prophet ﷺ stopped them? Is that clear to you now? Is that clear? Because they might get that shubha, yes? Doubt, conclusions, wrong conclusions. Yes? فَإِنَّهَا صَفِيَّةُ بِنْتُ had a great benefit. Because you see, some people in our times, they say, well, well, as long as I am a good person, etc., 
then I don't care what people may have ill thoughts about me. This is incorrect. And he told them this Sophia, that they should know that Sophia is, is his wife. So, in our times, people, many people say, well, as long as I, you know, I, I am good and etc., then I don't care what people may have ill thoughts of me and bad thoughts of me. This is incorrect. And this is not from the proper taking of or proper care of oneself to fall base to this level. Rather, the person is commanded to ward off doubts and blame and evil thoughts. And from the third benefit of this verse, that this Quran is a reminder from the three angles we discussed and from the benefits of this verse the more the Muslims will hold the true to this mighty book the more they will increase in honor and might and the more this linkage becomes weak the weaker they will be and from the benefits of this verse and the last benefit this Quran is itself clear and an exposition of everything everything which people need then it's made clear in the Quran from the angles which we discussed Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most high bestow upon our Shaykh from his rahmah and mercy and forgive him and make this stay a beneficial stay for us ولله الحمد والمنة وجزاكم الله خيرا وبارك الله فيكم. This brings the end of this explanation of this verse, the noble verse 69.